One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Coming back in for another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Brownmark. All with me as always, my compatriot, Mike Anderson. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Uh, you know, another football season in the books. So another football uh, season in the books. It's off season. It's off season. It's officially it's just, the off season. You know, 2021 has begun. Yeah. It's, it's already begun. Mike, I'm drinking up some, some Grey Duck Vodka. Not a sponsor yet. <laughs> Hoping soon. Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you got cooking over there in your, in your bottle? I've got a uh, Deschutes porter over here that I'm drinking on. So nice, uh, nice cold weather beer, if you will. And we have had some cold weather here in the last couple of days. Yes, we have. very cold. Um, but you know what? You're not here to to talk about the weather. No, you're here to listen to us talk about some Vikings and some football. And I don't know. I don't know about you, Mike. Were you were you watching that game last night? I did watch it. Yes. Last uh, game of the season. Last game of the season. Uh, Oh, buddy. Did not feature the Vikings, uh, which is Unfortunately. pretty much a, a given. Um, yeah, but not the outcome I think a lot of people would have expected. No, not at all. Um, just a, all throttling by um, by the Tampa Bay Bucks just throttled the Kansas City Chiefs. Didn't allow a touchdown. Um, I think that's probably the, the fewest points they scored probably in a couple of years. I wouldn't be surprised. Um Pretty much ever since Mahomes got there, so um, they had their number. Antoine Winfield Jr. had, had a nice little, you know, nice yep. little taunt there at the end on every kill. You know, had, had to uh, had to get him on on the earlier matchup yep. where he got taunted, and you know what? We we love to hear that. I would love to have Winfield Jr. on the Vikings, but was it meant to be? He's balling out in Tampa Bay, like I think a lot of the Gopher fans knew he would. Yeah, just based on what they saw. Um, so yeah, nine points. Uh, it felt like, especially in the first half, you were constantly waiting for you know Kansas City to get it going. Like mm-hmm. it, it's almost, you know, they they've come back from down ten, down fourteen, all these times, and it's just like when down they want to turn it on, yeah. they do. And so you were just waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it, and it, it just it never happened. Um, you know, we were talking before recording here and and the receivers on kansas city didn't didn't help mahomes out a couple times granted they were they were difficult catches but still Um, i mean if you're in the super bowl and you're not making any of those you're gonna have a tough time because you're at the top level competition on both sides you got to make some phenomenal catches yep uh and yeah other than that i mean I, i think you know the officiating was was probably swayed a little bit to tampa bay um, I don't think that by any means was, you know, a, no. a reason for the outcome. But, yeah. I mean, they were rolling out Mike Remmers at, at left tackle. I mean, right. hashtag old friend. Yeah, so uh, Bucks More get like it done. Uh, what, won three road games and then win. Because 11-5, and five, fifth seed. I think they're second fifth seed ever to, to win Super Bowl. Yeah, three road games, and then they end up winning – you know what? Well, I suppose technically is it? Who's, who's, who said home field doesn't home field advantage doesn't matter in 2020? Huh? Yeah. Well. So there you go. So it, it this is an interesting question. Is it technically they won four road games then, or like three in a? Do they call that a neutral site game since I, I, it's a Super Bowl, or I think is it, it actually a home game? For I them? think it's still technically a neutral site game, but I mean the advantage. I think just the mental advantage of just yeah. saying this is this is our home. We're defending this field, even though there's. One, you yeah. know, one end zone is painted for each team. I, I still think that's that's just such a huge advantage. And you know, I, I we had it happen almost three years ago yeah. with the Vikings. And I don't think this is going to be a trend that's going to happen continue forward. But who knows? Maybe teams will just get hot right at the right moment, and we'll see this every couple of years where there's a chance for a team to be playing at a home Super Bowl. Yeah. You know? Maybe it's a thing where the Super Bowl just happens to be at the higher seed of the two. Yeah, it, uh, it it was nice to, you know, kind of see football to 
close to the level that hopefully we'll be at next year, right? I mean, there yeah. were a fair amount of fans in the stands. You twenty five thousand, I believe. Yeah, you you know you got a little bit of crowd noise, um, and yeah, I mean another Super Bowl in the books, and and hopefully the Vikings will do their part to uh, at least work towards being relevant in that conversation, um, you know, in, in in the near future. Yeah, Vikings road to Super Bowl twenty twenty one in the city that I do not know right now. Yeah, I don't either. Miami, maybe. No, it couldn't be Miami because it was like Miami was like a couple years ago. Don't they only, don't they rotate through basically like? And I know like the Saints get like every single like every other year. So Arizona maybe. Oh, maybe maybe it's Vegas. Super Bowl twenty twenty one. Nope, that is not the one I'm talking about. I want twenty twenty two apparently. Maybe it's Vegas. Um, Sophie Stadium. So I think that's what is it called? Sophie is that. I don't know what that is. It's got to be one of the... I think that's the 49ers, if I'm not No, mistaken. that's Levi, isn't it? Um, hold on, we're going to figure this out. Maybe it's the Chargers' new place. Sophie Stadium. Yes, Los Angeles Stadium. So I think it's the Chargers and... The Rams. The Rams, is it not? These are the questions. Anyway, regardless, we're making our way there next year. It's going to happen. We got Kirk. He's great. As long as he gets a better line than, than Patrick Mahomes, he's as good as Mahomes, right? At least that's what Twitter seems to think. I don't, yeah. No. We'll touch on that. Maybe not, but that's ridiculousness. Anyway, Vikings, 2021 season. Yeah. We had some coaching leaves. We had Gary Kubiak deciding to call it a career. Yep. Um, phenomenal career by him. Won a Super Bowl with Denver. Been around the league a good bit. I think he did phenomenal things this year with the offense. I wish he would open it up a little bit more. Um, but... I mean, I think we had a top five offense in scoring and yards. So, yeah, just some phenomenal things we did with that, um, with a very poor offensive line. I think 29th ranked offensive line, and you can still do that with the offense. You're doing some good things, and Justin Jefferson didn't, didn't hurt that at all. Right. But um, great things from him. We'll see what what kind of wrinkles Clint brings in. But Clint Kubiak is on, obviously replacing him as OC. Um, yeah, there's no nepotism going on here with Quint Kubiak becoming OC and, and Adam Zimmer being co-defensive coordinator right. or assistant to the co-defensive coordinator. So, I don't know. What, what do you feel about this? What do you feel about Quint Kubiak as OC? Uh, you know, I, personally, I, I I would would have liked us to go uh, elsewhere. Um, well, you, per, you probably would have liked us to, to get rid of Zimmer. Yeah, but it, but you know, the, like listen, I we've had that conversation, right? I think Zimmer's a good coach. Um, I just think he might be suited at this point for more of a defensive coordinator role. But if the if those of you that that you know really think Zimmer deserves a, another shot or two, I guess what I'd like to see then is bringing an offensive coordinator that could you know kind of shift towards the trend of passing right i mean right. you look at the bucks and and you look at uh, kansas city you um you look at uh, stefan diggs thriving and and you, we have the weapons here in, in thielen and obviously jefferson but and, when you look at the targets there yeah it, we need to get the ball to those guys more and you just, you just look at what they've done with the limited targets that they yeah. have i mean justin jefferson i think um yards per catch was Best in the league, or if not best he in the league, wa- it was yeah. his second best. He in the was league. at one point. So for sure. it, it, it's it's insane to me that why we're not pushing that more, and I think we understand why is because Mike Zimmer has his thumb on on the offense, saying no, we want to slow this down, we want to run, so we need to try to control the clock. Whereas you see teams like Kansas City, and it worked for them last year, it didn't quite work for them this year, but it, they just score points. Yeah. And the, historically, the best way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the past two years has been to score more points than them, to score like 45 points. Right. And if you can do that, you win. So yeah, I feel like that's that's a much better option for what we have and the pieces we have that are that are young and, and starting to develop. But Yeah. Um, so we'll, so, we'll see what he brings. I mean, maybe he's going to bring the same, but... Yeah, I mean, so I guess I, I view it as Clint coming in and basically... Um, you know, it, the offense is going to maintain kind of the the vibe that it had, um, you know, and I, I think Zim is ready to kind of go down with with that ship, so to speak. Right. Um, and, it's it's and either going to work or it's going to fail, and he's going to be fired. Yeah. So uh, those of you, that, you know, 
kind of wondering, well, what does it mean? It, it probably means you're not going to notice much of a shift in in uh, the offense from what we saw last year. And, and if you um, do, it's going to be very slight, and you're going to have to be kind of yeah. searching for that. But. Yep. You know, you never know. We might we might have some surprises, but I kind of doubt it. If he if yeah. he got that job, that um, in the interview process, there wasn't like, hey, listen, we want to keep this very similar to what it was in 2020. Right. Can you do that? Yep. So, um, so that, that'll be interesting. Um, new wide receivers coach to take place because I believe Clint was QB coach, and then the wide receiver coach was now our QB coach. So our new wide receiver coach from Jacksonville, Keenan Ricardo. Yeah. Which. Um, I personally don't know much about the coaching realm, but from what I hear from people that know on the Twitter sphere, it's a great hire because of what he's done with some of the, the Jacksonville wide receivers recently. And some of those guys were, they're not necessarily top picks, but they get coached up really well and they become these highly productive wide receivers. Yeah, and I think uh, his, even before Jacksonville, I think the, the spot he was there, which might have been a college team, um, produced some really strong receivers. So, uh, yeah. He, well, yeah, because I think he coached Diggs in college. Yeah, Maryland. Mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so highly regarded. Uh, obviously, you know, a, a former player, one of my actual favorite players going way back, um, you know, him and Jimmy Smith back in, in Jacksonville and, and a hell of a receiver. So, um, yeah, it seems like a great hire, I think, surrounding Justin Jefferson with somebody like that uh, is a great move, right? Um, and, and hopefully – we maybe gain another young stud receiver here in the very near future. Well, that's the thing we've been missing for several years is a true wide receiver three because, I mean, if you can lock down Jefferson, all you have is Thielen, and that'll only get you so far. So if you have a third guy, you just, I mean, we just saw it in the Super Bowl. Look at Tampa Bay, they're pass catchers. Who are you going to defend there? Who are you going to double cover there? Because the second you double cover someone, you have three other very highly competent pass catchers that are going to burn you. So the more you can have, the better. And if this guy is very good at developing that talent, let's get him in here. Let's get his input on who we're going to draft in those mid to late rounds for wide receiver and try to get one of these guys on a very nice, cheap contract and, and make him the new, you know. Yep. Yeah. Allen Robinson or, you know, DJ right. Chark or, you know, yep. all yep. those guys. So, yep. Um, let's see what else we had. We had a DB coach left to coach. I think he was head coaching for college or something like that. Uh, yeah, and I'm trying to think where Durante or something. I think that was his name. I'm trying to think where he went, but um, yeah, DB coach out. It sounds like the uh, LSU DB coach, right? Think, no, right? Alabama. Alabama, Alabama, Alabama DB sorry. coach is coming. Uh, not official yet, but not official. But you're you're hearing it from the right sources online. Right. Um, well, that that should be good. Yeah, I mean. I, Bama's produced some some solid, you know. Uh, plus, DBs, plus so. inside track on some draft knowledge there yeah, too. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, and then and lastly, and a new special teams coordinator, which I think I'm not technically fired because his contract ran out. Right. We're just not renewing it. Um, I, I think we all saw the writing on the wall for that, right? Special teams. Uh, I believe we were last this year, right? In, well, allow me to look it up while, while we continue to talk about this because my god, the special teams were absolutely putrid this year, and. Us Vikings fans, I, I don't know if you remember, Mike, but we have some issues with special yeah, teams we do. in the franchise history. Um, so I'm going to go regular season here and see how bad we were. Special teams, 19th, which is seems high. Um, bad, but just yeah. bad. Not good. Not good, bad. Yeah, and I mean, they, everything from the punts, the punt coverage, the return game, the... Well, I think we had, like, the fewest return yards total of any team, and that's just that's just sad. Yeah. Um, obviously, Bailey, you know, also didn't help at the end of the year. Um, you know, I don't know how much you relate that necessarily to a, a coordinator more so than just him needing to figure it out, but... Here's, here's the thing that's frustrating as a Vikings fan, right? You, you look at it, you look at... Um, what's his face? Um... Who's the, the kicker we drafted that's Oakland? What's his name? Uh, Daniel Carlson. Daniel Carlson. You look at yeah. him. He's now doing really good in, in Oakland. Yeah. I don't think he's like breaking any records, but he's a very solid kicker in Oakland. We drafted him. We cut him. And I believe that was the previous. Was that Prefer still? Uh, Regardless, it doesn't matter. I think that might have been Marwan. So we wrecked him. We had Matt Wiley in here. He just got a ring with Tampa Bay, so we wrecked him. We drafted Austin Cutting. We cut him. I don't know if he's if he signed for another team yet, but we cut him, so we, we wrecked him. 
now we finally get rid of the special teams guy, and now we're sitting here with, I don't know, bottom of the barrel long snapper who probably caused issues with Dan Bailey, and Dan Bailey's now shaky, and our punter is, I don't know what the hell our punter's doing. But, so, like, why don't we get rid of the special teams coach earlier and not cut these guys who are so moldable, like Austin Cutting being a rookie, right? and some of these all-pro punters and kickers that, like... Why are we saying that it's the player's problem and not the coach's problem? Like, right. let's figure this out. Figure, yeah. Figure out the outlier, not the trend here, guys. Right, right. So I, it's just frustrating to me to see these players get cut and these players go on to success. When we're spending draft capital on them, we're spending money on them. Right. And our coaches just continue to screw them over. And yeah. I don't know if this is much better. It's I don't a, know what we're ficking, but it's like... Uh, I know a lot of support from, from former players. Uh you know, sending out the tweets and, and congrat, you know, congratulating him, and um, it certainly seems like he he's deserved the shot. Uh, so, like what, fifteen years with the Vikings, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited. Obviously, you know, I, I say you go with a kind of a burn it down mentality and and bring in, um, you know, a whole new strategy, right? I mean, clearly, what they were doing did not work. Um, I think he obviously is aware of what they were doing. Uh, last year and hopefully we'll change things up and and you know make special teams more of a um more of a, a, a positive thing on the team right it it's special teams can really really um change the game you know it, it's you can have one of the best offenses, the best defenses but you know if your special teams are are bad it's it's not only potentially taking points off the board it's giving points to the other team well we, we um, i mean we had games literally where it missed kicks yeah us the game yeah you miss two extra points in the field goal, all of a sudden that's five point swing, and you lose by two. Guess what? You miss. You make any of those kicks, almost, and and you're winning. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So. Plus the the field the also the the field position flip. Oh, it's, brutal. Oh man, it's. I think I think. Who's our punter right now? I forget his name. Doesn't matter. Colquitt. Colquitt. Yeah. yeah, Colquitt. He went from I think first in the league last year with zero touchbacks to like worst in the league in average punt- punting. Mm. And I can't I can't attribute that just to the punter because I think a lot of that is coverage team as well. Right. So I don't know. It, I just can we just get one phase of football that operates well in like all aspects of it. Yeah. And I, I mean, you look at. Uh, kind of the carousel of coaching that we've had over the last few years right um whether it be coordinators leaving for other other roles or whatnot um it seems to continue and and maybe that's the case maybe it's more common than we think and other teams are constantly yeah we, uh, we just don't through, notice but, it yeah but man it seems like every year we got three or four well, new faces what is it this year this year we got a new special teams coach we got a new Offensive coordinator last year, we had a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator. The year before that, we had a new offensive coordinator because we had fired, um, or what was that, North Turner that went on? Anyway, it's just been a revolving door of these guys, yeah. and it's just, it's, uh, it's frustrating as a fan because you just want some consistency, and at least the head coach is staying consistent, but when you got the wrong scheme, that just seems worse. Yeah. Yeah, so some new faces on the coaching staff, and and at, at inevitably, um, you know, there'll be some new faces from from players as well, and, and we'll get to that here in a moment. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, next next up in the front office, we got George Patton going to Denver. Yeah, got what a six year deal, I believe, to be GM for Denver. Yeah, um, we obviously love the guy, and we're. I, we were just curious as when he was actually going to take a, a gig that yeah. he wanted because I think he's been interviewed the last four years or so for GM openings and just never taken the job. So um, I, I wonder if the organization's buy-in to what he was going to do was a big factor of that. Because I get the sense that last year when the Browns opportunity came up, there wasn't a strong buy-in to him. Like his contract was only going to be two or three years, and he's like, no, you got to give me more time than that. <clears throat> and you look at an organization like Denver, who was historically stable with that. I mean, Elway was their GM for, what, 10-plus years, yeah. 15 years, something like that. So, I mean, I, I think he has a good chance to put together a very strong team in Denver. Maybe even with Kirk Cousins here if the trade rumors work out. But Yeah, um, you know, part of me wonders if, if he... I'm sure he loved it here, right? And, and obviously it was successful 
and you wonder if yeah, he, you, you don't stay here as long as he did if you didn't no. if you didn't love it here and, and like who you're working with. So, uh, but I'm curious if he thought that maybe uh, Spielman, you know, was kind of tied to Zimmer, right? You always hear that, like sometimes the head coach is tied to the GM, um, and I wonder if he thought, hey, because Zimmer's been a hot seat, Spielman's been a hot seat, right? You've heard that a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and I wonder if he kind of was staying here because he thought that you know he would kind of get you know pass the keys to the car potentially um, if. Uh, you know, we did indeed go a different way with Spielman. Yeah. You know, if that played into him not taking some of these other roles. But uh, regardless, in Denver now, he's got some young talent there. Uh, they've got some, you know, some young stud receivers. Not sure what they're going to do. You know, they got Drew Locke, who had a had a pretty rough year this year. But um, <clears throat> you got Von Miller, too, who's kind of an aging guy. Yeah. So kind of, what do you do with that? And yeah, it's probably uh, it, it needed a refresh for sure. Yeah, it, it's an opportunity for him to come in and, and uh, you know, probably blow things up and, and hopefully, you know, we wish him, you know, nothing but the best. They're in the AFC, so um, yeah. if I have to worry about uh, Denver, you know, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, that's a real good thing. So, um, yeah, I think, I think you nailed it. You know, wish him the best and, you know, send some trades our way. We're, yeah. We always love to make those draft day trades here in, in Minnesota. I think we've been one of the more active teams. I don't have any numbers to back that up, but it feels like every year we're always making trades. Yeah. I mean, hell, last year we had 15 freaking draft picks, and this year I think we're slotted to have like another 12 without any trades yet. Right. So, um, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun off season. It's it's going to be very interesting, with hopefully the tail end of the COVID stuff, and we'll see kind of how that works out. But um, yeah, we're going to see how that develops. I haven't heard much of. George Patton's front office and, and what he's going to do for scouting team. There were some concerns that he was going to take some of our top scouts to kind of do like an assistant GM role or something like that, but um, haven't heard anything confirmed of that yet, so I wouldn't really be concerned about that. Well, and it'll be interesting to see, um, and, and I don't know how long we're going to actually be able to see that, right? But, um, you know, Spielman's in, in their team have, have hit, uh, you know, some home runs they've, they've drafted uh, pretty well, I would say, right? Obviously, offensive line, we can't seem to um, necessarily get things to work. But, uh, you know, overall, they've they've done some nice, you know, had some nice picks. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm curious if we will see a drop-off, you know, how much of that was With Spielman Patton, and the scouts yeah. and, and how much of it was Patton. Yeah. Um, you know? I, think, I think that's one of the worries, obviously, when, when you yeah. see a guy that's been that prominent in that role for so long is – how much was his finger on the scale in some of the decisions? And, yeah. and was it was it only exclusively towards you know the contracts and and some of the bigger decisions, or was it throughout the entire process? Yeah, we just don't know. So we're kind of going to see how it goes, and maybe maybe some of the decisions he made was the ones we hate, and now we're going to make better decisions. I don't know. We'll yeah. find out. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's it there. But we touched on it a little bit. Kirk trade rumors, Mike. Yeah. Uh... Man, I've I've heard San Francisco, Denver. Um, I mean, people. The rumors come out right. They've been out the last couple of years, but there are people that that, that are, know things. That know that things that, that are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the the two main ones right now are, are San Francisco. Uh, I think the offer allegedly is what like a second and a third, and and Jimmy G for Cousins. Oh, and, I heard there was a first in there too. See, and I had heard, I think, the Vikings wanted a first. But regardless, that's one. And then the other one was, I think, uh, potentially Denver, right? And and they yeah. have the nine pick, I think. So, like, nine and lock. And, and I don't know. Um, you know, I hope they come true, to be honest with you. I just don't think that – if we're not going to change the offensive scheme, um, I would rather, you know, try to gain assets through the draft – um, or at least set yourself up to where you're going to be able to draft that next future quarterback. Right. Um, I, I'm not trying to say that by any means we're wasting Cousins, uh, but I just I, I'm to the point where if they don't change the offensive strategy, uh, I just don't think it's going to work. We've had some good football teams here, and it, it hasn't paid off. Uh, obviously, we got really close in 2017, um, but yeah, I don't know. I other than that. To me, they're just rumors right now. Yeah. Um, I know they're saying Carson Wentz, I think, is supposedly going to be moved this week. Uh, is and, uh, the... That's another one where I'll, I'm going to believe that when I see it because that, that one still seems a little bit far-fetched to me. But maybe. I, I just I, I don't see how you make the coaching hire you do if you're the Philadelphia Eagles if you're immediately going to trade him away. 
I don't know, uh, but maybe again, I'm mistaken. That. I, don't I, know. I think it was Schefter even that said that he expects Wentz to be moved. He thought he could even be moved before the Super Bowl. Um, Obviously, that didn't happen. It didn't happen, but yeah, I mean, there, there's some shakeup. You got Deshaun Watson as well, right? Who wants out? And then um, again, I saw I got a, a push alert today that. The Texans have zero interest and aren't even listening to a, to offers. Oh, that's bad. Um, crap. But yeah, it, it's it's interesting. The Minnesota Vikings are not trading Percy Harvin. Yeah. Uh, Immediately trades them two days later. Uh, what, what would you say? Cousins is is our starter at week one next year, or, or where are you leaning? That's that's where the smart money is because there's there's more than just the draft capital at, at, at stock here, right? So so if we want to talk pure numbers, right? So. You mentioned Denver as a potential spot, right? They have some cap space to do it, but the second they did that, they would basically lose all that flexibility for 2021. I'm not certain that Patton would want to do that to his team to saddle them with that kind of a contract in 2021. So I don't – it doesn't feel like that's the right fit there. Um, And was it the 49ers was the other – the hard one. And they even have less cap space than than the Broncos. So um, they're just – I think if it's me, I would more so look for the 49ers to trade off Garoppolo for almost next to nothing or cut him. If they really don't think he's the guy, they can save a bevy of money just by cutting him. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I don't know. I, obviously, they they won, what, two, I want to say two years ago, they won their final, like, six games uh, or something like that to end the season and then uh, the following year they got to the Super Bowl um, they had a damn good record you know uh, honestly Jimmy G won he, he threw that uh, he overthrew by a yard with what two minutes left in the game uh, and, there, and San Francisco almost won the Super Bowl so um, he's played at a high level but then you had last year um, where obviously there were struggles injury um, they were injury riddled team so um, yeah, I, I just, I guess, again, uh, where I'm at on this is that if we can gain draft picks uh, and potentially just shed the cap hit, uh, I'm I'm all for it. I think this team has a ways to go, and, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to get there as quick as we can. Well, and I think, unfortunately, with that, if you're trying to shed that cap hit um, without any team that really wants to have Kirk Cousins on, your, on their roster... I think you're going to be paying draft capital to make that happen. It, it, it's going to be like an Oswald thing if you really want to offload that contract because it is not a fun contract. And whatever team would probably cut him prior to his guaranteed salary kicking in. So if that were to happen, that would happen before the new league year officially begins. Sure. So I don't know. I just personally I don't see it. I think he's going to be under center of 2021 and by virtue of that 2022 as well. Yeah. Because there's there's no way out of that 2022 contract at, at that point. Right. So expect it. It's going to be there. Just hope that we get better O line pieces and don't roll out Dakota Dozier for 15 damn games. It's right. The lowest graded guard in the history of man. Right. Yeah. Um. All right. So we're we're both probably leaning towards Cousins is here. Yeah. More um, than likely. So with that, you know. What are we looking at for this this off season? Uh, we've heard that the salary cap was going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you tell us about you know where that's going to be and maybe what that means for teams? You know. All right. So, and this this is where twenty twenty has been an extremely interesting season, right? Because a lot of these teams went in with the expectation with no COVID because COVID started realistically like. I think it was end of March, early April is when it actually started to kick in and start to shut things down. Right. That's that's when we knew the impact of what it was going to be. So they understood that the cap is going to rise $10 million each year, and this year it was supposed to be somewhere around $210 million. Okay? That's what every team was basing themselves on. And every team besides the Eagles and the Saints were perfectly fine with that. Eagles and the Saints can be a whole four-podcast series of how bad the cap <laughs> situation is. But that notwithstanding... What happened is, is last year it was around $200 million. This year, because there was no stadium revenue or very limited stadium revenue, it's sitting at about one eighty and a half, give or take, wherever they finally set the sure. number. Um, not as bad as they originally thought, but still not great. It went down by $20 million. What that means is a lot of teams that were expecting to have that money are now negative. I don't know what that means if they do like a special uncapped year where you can 
go up to a certain number like they have done in the past, or if they're still going to hold that to people but allow special contract restructures. I'm not certain what the league's going to do, but it doesn't mean good things. Okay. Right, because anyone that's got some decent chunk of money, they're going to get cut because they can't afford it. Right. And all the new contracts that are done in 2020 are likely going to be ticked down a bit. Sure. So what it means for like the Vikings, for instance, is we can roll through, I think it's a, like looking at here, it's looking like we're rolling through an extra $6 million from 2020 into 2021. So we're negative 7.6 against the cap in 2021, which is, that's perfectly manageable. Okay. We can do that. We can deal with that without cutting anyone if we needed to. Where you run into problems is teams like the Packers, who are negative 28 now. <clears throat> Where there's originally they were projecting to be, hey, we have a couple million, we need to restructure some stuff to be able to pick up a new guy. Now they need to actively cut to get into that cap. And you have rumors that Aaron Rodgers wants a pay increase. And there you go. So now, now you're sitting out there like, okay, so how far are you going to kick that can down the line where you give him a big chunk of money as, as in a signing bonus <clears throat> to lessen his hit in 2021 so you can make it under the cap? Um, so just very interesting. Then you have teams like the Steelers. Who are negative thirty? You don't know what Big Ben's going to do, right? And they still owe him a large chunk of cap based on that. Sounds like he's. A report said that he's planning on. He wants to come back if the Steelers want him back. That's a mistake, but hey, you do you, Big Ben. Um, you got the Falcons negative thirty-two, negative thirty-eight actually. By the time you get to effective cap, which is where the hell are they spending money on? Um, I believe there is a big chunk in Julio and there's a big chunk in Matt Ryan. Let's take a look here. They have Matt Ryan next year for ooh, 41 million cap hit. Julio for 23. Grady Jarrett for 20. Jake Matthews for 20. Dante Fowler Jr. for 18 and a half. Um, and there really isn't a lot of meat that they can cut to get under that. So they have to cut a lot to be able to get under the cap. Um, so they're in trouble. And them having a new GM and a new coach, they better have a lot of leeway. And they better give those guys nice long deals because they're going to have two years just in cap hell where they need to right. you know, get out of that. Um, so they're in trouble. The Eagles <laughs> the Eagles are hilarious. Now, if they move once, does that make uh, that makes a substantial difference, obviously? Not not really, because here's what happens when you move once. Um, see, Wentz's current deal <clears throat> in 2021... He is due $34.6 million. Okay? Okay. Okay, you follow? Yeah. If we do a trade on Wentz, I think they basically save about a million to their cap. Oh. Because he has a prorated signing bonus of like $9 million the next three years and $6 million the year after that. So there really isn't much room for them to do anything with that. The second they move him, great. You still are taking a huge cap hit just based on that signing bonus. So that's extremely hard to move. Um, You look at Philadelphia, like, just looking at the the contracts they save, they're going to have to trade a bunch of assets or just outright cut a bunch of assets. And doing that when you have a new coach is not great. Right. (laughs) Because now you're starting with very less talent than you had before. Right. And a new system. Like... It's, it's entirely possible they win one or two games next year and go backwards, which is very difficult from a 4-11-1 team to go backwards. Yeah. Usually that's the bottom, but it's very possible they go backwards. What, four years removed from a Super Bowl? Yeah. I mean, yeah. life comes at you fast, man. Yeah. Um, but the creme de la creme of Cap Hell, the New Orleans Saints, take a guess how, how much effective cap space they have. In 2020, I, I thought we, I thought we did this one before. Oh, like, I've been talking about them for months. They're like 98 million or something like that. They were 98, I think, because Drew Brees is now technically off their books. They're less than that. Um, they are 75 million against the cap, effectively, in 2021. <laughs> so just, just to put it mildly here, here's here's what they would have to do to be able to, to get rid of that. Quan Alexander has to go. Janoris Jenkins would have to be cut or traded. Um, Taysom Hill, I mean, he's probably your quarterback. You're not going to do anything else. Taron Armstead, he's going to have to go. You're going to have to trade him. Cameron Jordan, um, you could save money if you traded him, so he might have to go. Um, Marshawn Lattimore, probably got to trade him. 
because he's he's an extra ten million on the cap. Ryan Ramchick, you probably have to get rid of him too because he's you know eleven million you can save off the cap. So you're gonna right there. They're massive chunks of talent on the Saints that aren't gonna be there in 2021. This team is gonna be drastically different from what we saw in 2020. Like no joke, this team likely gonna be third place in the NFC South next year. Jeez, and that's not a stretch. Right. They they have that much talent drop off just because they need to cut cap. Well, it'll be interesting to watch, uh, you know, over the next few months, watch them attempt to, you know, uh, write everything. Um, maybe the Vikings will benefit from that, you know? I mean, I will always benefit from the, the failures and, and pain of the Saints. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right, does that answer your question? Anything, anything specifically you're looking for with that? I mean... You look at teams like the Jaguars, $77.5 million in cap space that they can spend. Great situation. And they have one of the top picks. Great yeah. situation. Jets, similar. $68 million. <clears throat> And a, a very high draft pick. Um, you look at the Dolphins. The Dolphins, who did surprisingly well this year, have $28 million in cap space and two first-round picks. Including number three overall, yeah. I think. So. so they have a bevy of, of assets. Same with the Chargers. Chargers, not in bad space either. $22 million, They have a pretty decent draft pick. Um, Browns, $22 million. I mean, obviously they're, they're in the playoffs, so not quite as good a draft pick. But there are a lot of teams that were good this year that are going to get better next year. And, you know. Yeah. Got teams like Texans with thirteen and a half million negative cap next year, don't have a first round pick, and have their star quarterback that wants out. Yeah, it's not good there. Good luck. Good luck. Huh. Alright. So that's that's the cap update. I mean it's it's this is gonna be a wild off season for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Quarterbacks on the move, I think we're gonna see just a ton of contract cuts and trades just to get under cap. So I wouldn't be surprised if teams like the Jaguars, the Colts, the Jets, the Patriots, who have also $63 million in cap space to spend, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of trades going in that direction. Um, and for cheaper than you think, just, just because teams need to offload cap. Right. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting. Just, just buckle up because it's going to be a weird offseason. Well, and with I guess with that, uh, what do we think for the Vikings? I mean, what, what are some of the moves that we could potentially see? So, yeah, it, it's good that you brought that up because there's a couple – Couple pretty easy ones that I would uh, I would make right off the bat. So um, over the cap here, by the way, favorite website for cap if, if you're looking for it. Um, they have a nice little calculator here where you can actually put in what you want to do, um, and, and you can you can make some roster moves and see how it affects the cap. Like for one, Kyle Rudolph, I'm either cutting or trading him. We save four odd million against the cap there. <clears throat> so you pick up, and now you're at three million under the cap there. I think. We'll probably extend Harrison Smith, currently swatted for $10 million against the cap. I think you extend him for two, maybe three years. That's probably going to be his last contract as a player. You lessen that cap hit for 2021. Um, Shamar Steffen probably going to be gone. So if we cut him, um, he's gone. Michael Pierce, basically, 2020 didn't exist for his contract. So yep. we already had a pretty low um, number for him in for him in 2020. So that helps us out in 2021. I would prefer to cut Dan Bailey based on his performance, but you obviously disagree. Well, isn't that just and and you still owe me? I think a six pack. Isn't of, that just of, eating? Of, uh, of, you know, seltzer for that one, but isn't that just eating like two million if they do that? Yeah, uh, we would have two million dead, but we'd still gain one point seven million against okay. the cap. <clears throat> um, another one I do, Adam Thielen. You could consider adjusting that deal, um, either extending or just adjusting that where he has like an option year in there. Anthony Barr, I think, is definitely due for an adjustment down. I don't think he's providing as much benefit as, as his contract is. Um, Kirk Cousins, you'd hate to do anything with that. Um, but I think Riley Reef stays. If we, if we don't extend him, he's going to stay at his $14 million number. So I don't think you touch that one. But, I mean, just with the two cuts, Kyle Rudolph and Shamar Steffen, we're at basically cap neutral. And there's a lot of different things we can do to, to get more money freed up for a couple free agent signings. We're not going to make any huge splash. We're not going to go sign $20 million contract a year, you know, wide receiver to bring in here. But but they could potentially <clears throat> make a move like the Pierce signing, something of that nature. Yes, yeah, so a... something, something worth, you know, one of those second tier, sometimes scratches top tier if they have a good year type signings where 
it's not it's not super flashy, but it's meat and potatoes. It's what you need. Yeah. Um, we're a little we're a little bit thin on linebacker this year. I think we realized that with Kendricks out the last couple games and Barr being out for the majority of the year. Yeah. So wouldn't be surprised if we bolster that. Um, obviously we need another safety opposite Harrison Smith. Yep. Um, so. There's a couple things we need to do, but there's definitely plenty of money to shift around where we can get it done. Um, Daniel Hunter is reportedly looking for a new deal, which I would go tell him to pound sand. You're playing for us at the deal you signed two years ago, basically. So either suck it up or here's your deal, and it's heavily incentive because you have a neck injury. I'm sorry, we're not we're not paying you 25 million a year guaranteed with the potential that you don't ever reach what you were. Right. Because neck injuries are crazy. Just, just look at Peyton Manning when he had his neck injury and he came back. Yeah. There yeah. was one team that wanted to touch him after that. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, we, we haven't heard much, uh, you know, from that, that camp. Um, you know, that's kind of the exciting part about the offseason here is that, uh, you know, as soon as we get into March, basically, we're going to start to see mm-hmm. the free agency and you're going to get the draft. And before you know it, it's going to be summer and we're going to be, you know. That's draft. Things uh, ramp up. Pretty quickly, I, I would say the only thing um, I do think that Reef will, uh, if they if he's not going to restructure, I think I think they'll they'll cut him. I just I I, I, I I know we we talked about this before, but I just can't see him. I can't see them paying that number um, in this kind of a year. So, uh, mm, but who do you replace him with? That's I, that's my question. I I just don't. <clears throat> so this so like like this so this is my thing with that is. Okay, you don't want to pay him that much, but who's your replacement for him? And if your answer is Brian O'Neill, who's your right tackle then? I listen. I understand that there's probably going to be somebody there that's not great, but you know, two years ago, Reef wasn't that good. Um, last year, he had a great year. It's it. I mean, it is what it is. But I just don't think you justify that much money. Um, I, I think he's gone unless he restructures. Oh, I definitely think a restructures in the cards, but I think he's going to get an extension slash paid at the similar rate. He might not be under the cap in 2021 for that 14 million. It might be less, but I bet it averages close to that. <clears throat> because let's see, looking at your left tackle numbers, if you do the the Rick Spielman special, you're looking at probably about like fourth through sixth ranked contract. So you're looking at about 16 million a year. I think that's fair. I think that's fair for what he provided. And if you structure it right, you give yourself one year where you have to eat it and then the next year after that you can potentially get out of it so if your goal is to make um draft pick from last year which name cleveland, is escaping me. Ezra, yeah, cleveland. Ezra cleveland if, you, if that's your goal to make him your left tackle or to make him your right tackle and slide brian o'neill to the left and you need another year to assess that i, I could easily see a restructure like that where you could get it where you could get out of it easily in 2022 okay so <clears throat> i just i i can't fathom a scenario where our current O-line in its current form doesn't have Reef on it next year, unless we're spending a chunk of money on it. Because let's, let's put no bones about it here. Our pass blocking grade is 29th out of 32. Yeah. That's... Absolutely abysmal. Well, you know, that's why we established the run, uh, you know, especially on especially on second and long. Uh, we like to establish the run there for sure. Second and ten um, run, Delvin yeah. Cook up the middle. Because of course we do. Yeah, I mean, so I guess if if we look, you know, defensively, I would say hopefully we we get, um, you know, Barr and Kendricks back, right? Um, I think the expectations they'll both be back. Hunter, ideally with Pierce, um, that defensive line is already going to get a, a boost just from those two players, right? Um, well, yeah, you look at Hunter, what he did last year versus this year. It, we went from, like, top five pass rush yeah. to literally the last in the week pass rush. And I think that, obviously, right, if you can gain a little pass rush, it's going to take a little bit of the pressure off right. of the young corners. And, and so and that's, that's what we kind of harped on all year long is we just we can't get pressure, so those right, corners yeah. have to hold up for way longer than they should. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people could envision the Vikings drafting, um, you know, a, a defensive lineman potentially at 14. Uh, we haven't, you know, we'll get into the draft and, and there'll be a ton of uh, great content too. Um, already a bunch of great content coming out. From yeah. The pocket there, so. Yeah. So, I mean, look to, look to those guys. We'll obviously do some draft stuff here in a little bit, but, um, yeah, I think getting one more piece, that's kind of where I, I potentially, if, if we do have that move for the five, 7 million, I mm-hmm. think bringing in an, another guy on the defensive line, 
uh, would be helpful. And then, yeah, obviously, uh, I'm with maybe ever. Yeah, Um, I'm with you that I think Harrison Smith is back on a on a deal that's extended out, and and obviously Harris makes so much sense. You know, there's probably a three percent chance that Anthony Harris is here next year. Um, Yeah, it's it's that's going to entirely depend on what numbers he gets from other teams. I feel like some teams can overpay him. Well, he didn't do himself many favors, you know, this year. But um, obviously, he was franchise coming in, so you know the yeah. level of play was there. And I'm with you. I think when we look at that other off, the other offseason where we saw a mass exodus of our uh, DBs, yeah. um, a lot of them got paid way more than we would have wanted to pay here, right? The Trey yeah. Waynes and way more uh, than we could. Yeah, or personally wanted to even. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, Xavier Rhodes, I think, what did he take, like $2 million or something like that? I, I would have paid that. But. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so I mean, defensively, I think you could realistically uh, see this defense bounce back pretty easily next year, right? Well, here's the thing. With how bad this defense was, it's almost impossible to get worse. Right. So if you get just a little bit better, you're in a lot lot bigger contention. We were 7-9 and nine this year with an absolutely atrocious defense. And And... And we were within, like, they, four games within a score. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think, so listen. You, you take care of the special teams. Well, a couple of those games take care of themselves. Yeah. You take care of the defense where they're doing 10% better. All of a sudden, you're 12-4, and 11-5. and five. Well, and I think that, right, if you're, if you're sitting here going, like, oh, how do I be optimistic, right? You just watch Tampa Bay. You're thinking of all the other teams out there. You're worried about Cousins and the cap hit and everything mm-hmm. else. Well, start on the defensive side of the ball because, you know, we talk about maybe wanting to see a different uh, look offensively, but Zim should be able to, this is one of the first times he has had a a bad defense. And so um, that's not going to sit well with him. We all know that. You've got these young players that got a year of experience. They're getting healthy. um, And I think they will probably bring in maybe one other piece that will probably be a, a, a you know, a bigger factor, right? I, right. I think they're going to bring somebody else in. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would say that you could easily see this defense jump back into the top 10 uh, without without much changing, right? Just getting healthy, Absolutely. essentially. I mean, and you just look at it from terms of, from if you just compare 2019 to 2020, you had the exact same safeties coming in, but you had one starting DB that was still on the team, and he was like a nickel guy um, in Mike Hughes. Everyone else is new. Yeah, you had basically zero starters on the D line except for Shamar Stephan return because Everson Griffin left in 2020. Hunter didn't play it down in 2020. Pierce Pierce opted didn't. out, so you lost a huge chunk on the the internals there. So your entire D line was decimated from the start. And you look at the linebackers, you lost Barr. I think what game three? Uh, ben Gidding was out before we even started. Yeah, two or three. Yeah. So you're looking at. One and a half of your linebackers were out yeah. the entire year, and then you lost Kendricks the last half of it. Yeah. So the entire defense, you you returned essentially three starters. Of course, it was going to go bad. Right. So I, I think I think you nailed it. I think you look at it. Everyone is has this experience. They're they're wiser for it. Zimmer is probably going to have a chip on his shoulder because this is the worst he's ever performed. He doesn't want to sit that. He doesn't that that's not his legacy. He's right. a defensive guy. Yep. <clears throat> So he's going to look to turn that around. And like you said, you get all these guys back off injury. And you inject some more draft capital. This, this thing could turn around real quickly. I mean, there's nothing major on the offense that's moving unless we force it to. Yeah. I mean, offensively, I think, uh, what, Rudolph is probably the one that... I think that's the most clear one that's going to move. And then, you know, you're probably looking for an upgrade in your internal line. yeah. But, I mean, everything have, else is going to maintain. You have Irv Smith; he's he's looking pretty solid. You have Conklin; he looks solid. So there'll be two solid one-two tight ends. You might draft the guy. You might get it. I guess guy. you might you might get it a, a third receiver. Um, right. I mean, that's that's kind of been the the carousel on, on the Vikings offense. Yeah. But, I mean, you got Jefferson, you got Theo, and they're coming back. They're going to look good. Obviously, you still have Cousins, and you you have um, Cook and Madison, who still like to tear it up, and Ham. So I mean, it's. <clears throat> I don't know. It's there's a lot to be optimistic about on this Vikings team, but it's obviously it takes a lot to put it all together to win the Super Bowl, which is why every team, even the best teams odds are still plus 550 at Vegas at the start of the season cuz you just don't know. Yeah. It's still such a long shot to make it there. Yeah, um everything needs to break 
your way, right? Uh, and so, sometimes the eight and eight, you know, Giants win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Sometimes the sixteen and zero Patriots lose the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, no, nothing's free. Yeah. Uh, what else? I don't know, Mike. There's, there's, <clears throat> there's a lot more to talk about this off season. And we can go a full podcast on just, on just cap moves and what, what contracts would look like. Yeah. So when, when can this stuff start happening? I guess when, when do you anticipate <clears throat> teams starting to cut players and and uh, when is free agency open? Um, free agency, I believe, is typically March, right? Like early third, March, third, third week of March. Let's see. Because can can teams talk and work with players on contract stuff internally right now, or is that so? Yeah. So if it's if it's your internal players that are going to be free agents or that you're restructuring, you can talk to them now. Okay. Because they're not technically free agents until March 17th when the official league year starts. Um. I'm not sure how cutting works. I do, I do not believe you can cut a player technically until that March 17th date. Because I, I know today um, I, there was a couple, like, uh, I, I saw some tweets, like Patrick Peterson and the Cardinals have, are agreeing to part ways. And, right. You know, right. like, things of that nature. And that's, and that's why they're very specific with that language. Like, same with the, the trade for... Um, Stafford and Goff. For Stafford or... and Goff. That technically hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So they're like... They have agreed to do this, and it's just waiting for the league year to start when that can actually sure. flip flop. Okay. So that's basically what it is, and then there's that whole tampering period shenanigans where everyone tampers before that anyway. So it's it's a mess. But yeah, yeah, nothing officially can happen until March seventeenth. Um, that's the official start of the league year. Cap numbers usually come out a couple weeks before that, so the official official number. We just have still the rumored number, but okay. that'll be finalized a couple weeks before that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's when everything starts. That's when all the dominoes start to fall, and that's why a lot of teams <clears throat> structure deals where they have kickers like the third day of the week year, or I think Kirk's is the fourth. So March twenty second, his twenty twenty two salary becomes fully guaranteed. So if if the Vikings wanted to blow it all up and cut Kirk, they would have to do it prior to March twenty second this year. Pay him an extra forty-one million to not be their quarterback for the next two years. God. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting off season. I yes, mean, it it's it's going to be fun. I think. Uh, you know, I think you said the two worst situations, arguably, well, not arguably for the worst, but you know, you have the Saints and the Eagles, two teams. Um, I think Vikings uh, fans know well and and very mm-hmm. much dislike. So it's kind of nice to to see them struggling and and. Uh, Hey, you know, as much as maybe I'm not optimistic that this is a Super Bowl caliber team right now, you nailed it. It's 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 still fun to to think about the possibilities and and you know as well as I do that, you know, if we can get through train cap healthy, I'm sure I'll have some optimism mm-hmm. coming in and and uh I don't know. I'm I'm hoping next year is back to normal. Hopefully you and I can get to a game, right? And it, yep. it will be We'll be in a better place at that point in time, and and obviously, you know the the fans do play a, a part in it. Um, you know Minnesota struggled at home this year. Well, every uh, team did statistically. Yeah, and and the Vikings are normally a really good home team, right? And I think a lot of that is because of the fans. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, just like I said, it's just buckle up. It's going to be a wild off season. It's going to be wild. There's going to be a lot of turmoil, and uh, like you said. It, just get excited because every team right now is zero and zero. Yeah. So, you know this this is where this is where teams are made. This is where Super Bowl champions are made is right now, yep. and and hitting those draft picks. So that's what we'll be focusing on or, or trying to focus on here is is kind of what our draft needs are, kind of what our cap situation is, and, and how do we navigate this this next off season. And like you said, hopefully hopefully we can get back to a little bit of normalcy and have some in person camps and see a Vikings game this year in person. That'd be great. Absolutely. So. I don't know, anything else, Mike? That's that's a lot to cover for 2021, but we've officially started. It's is the start of it. Yeah, and I think right. We kind of, this was a, a lot. Uh, you nailed it. We we put a lot into this show content wise, but I think our plan here um, off season is maybe to to deep dive a little bit more on on some of these 
uh, spots. And certainly as moves start to happen, um, you know, we'll kind of do, if you've listened to us for the last few years, you know, the, the, the different types of shows we'll do in the off season here. And, um, be fun. We might have to do an NFC North uh, type roundtable again, or yeah. at least get, at least get the Packer guys in here. Um, do you we know. have to get them in here? They kind of smell. Well, I mean, it's we can we can joke about how you know if you have the MVP, you'd think that you'd trust him to to run the playthrough on fourth <laughs> down instead of kick a field goal. When, um, but yeah, no, it, it it it'll be fun. It'll be an exciting off season. Obviously, look for great content um, coming out from from all the climbing the pocket guys and and uh we love the draft you know <laughs> that's the draft uh so it's exciting 14 you should be able to get a a, a good player right Impact i think the player, typically yeah. last time we picked around that number was probably what like trey trey waynes was right around there i want to say i think trey mm, yeah you might be right yeah i think trey waynes right, right about there um and he, he turned out pretty good we just couldn't afford to keep him and then maybe where was bar it was bar was there, nine Bar's nine. Kendrick's maybe around there. Kendrick's was second round, wasn't he? We're always picking like right in that like sixth slot. Well, yeah, like. the last the last several years because <laughs> Mike Zimmer doesn't fall below eight and eight. Usually. Yeah. I mean, the first year he was yeah. here, seven and nine, and then he hasn't fallen below that since. Um, uh, how about this? One last thing. Do you do you think there's any shot that they will try to move either up or down from that pick? Um, up being potentially to chase one of the quarterbacks down being to gain knowing we don't have a second round pick i believe at this point um could you envision them moving to like 20 to try to gain you know a a second rounder um i think moving down to 20 i think you'd have to move farther than that to pick up a second rounder um I, i don't i don't think the assets work out quite that way to get a second rounder you might pick up a third or a fourth if you move down to 20 but you're probably going to need to move down to like 28, 29 to make that happen. Um, up, I could see, depending upon how the top of the draft works. And I think a lot of that's going to vet itself out with, you know, some of the QB trades that are going to happen prior to the draft. And, and that we're going to have to wait for that to settle a little bit. Because, for instance, if, if the Jaguars trade in for um, Deshaun Watson, right, and they still somehow retain their high pick, they're not going to be in the market for a quarterback anymore. Right. Same with the Jets. If if they do a trade, they're not, they might not be in the market for a quarterback anymore. So that one of those quarterbacks, one of those top three, four quarterbacks, could be available somewhere in like the nine through twelve range now. <clears throat> and now it's a lot more interesting that you could bump up a couple spots, maybe package in a future second and like a third round because I think we have an extra fifth, an extra fourth, or something like this year. Oh, yeah, I thought we have two thirds as well, don't we? Um, I'm gonna check this out. Well, we lost. No, we lost a second, so yeah, we have an extra third. Um, sorry. Just gotta, I just got to confirm this here. I think I, I just actually saw a mock where like the um, Justin Fields went at 15. <laughs> yeah, so if that happens, I mean, then, then we either pass at him or we drop down the spot. So we have um, first round pick 14th. We have third round pick. We have a third round pick from the Ravens. We have three fourths, our own, one from the Bears, one from the Bills. We have two fifths. One from the Steelers. We have a six and a seven. So we have a bunch of ammunition to move up. Just a couple slots, especially in that middle range. There's a lot of movement that can happen there. So I think if there's a guy that they absolutely love in the, in the post-Cousins era, and this this is my thought here, I think I think Spielman is way safer than anyone gives him credit for. So I think he's honestly going to play the long game here and be like, okay, let's just get a quarterback of the future here, move up a couple spots, get that guy, Stashing behind Cousins because we're paying Cousins the next two years, and then in 2023 is when you actually start to to try to rebuild this thing again. Right. And you're doing it with a different head coach than Zimmer. Right. Just grand scheme thoughts, but I, yeah. I honestly I could see either either direction. At 14, there's reasons to jump up a couple spots, and there's reasons to, to fall back a bunch. Yeah. If if there's three four guys that you like, same with they did when um, last year when we took. Um, Forget his name. Gladney. Gladney. Yeah, when we took Gladney, there was like two or three corners that we wanted at the time when we moved back. So you move back a couple spots, and hey, the guy you wanted is still there all along. Bonus, you get extra yeah. picks. So it's it's going to be a high movement draft as it always was with Spielman. So I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with another 12, 14 selections. We're slotted for ten right now, but yeah, I can see the other way. Move up, get the quarterback. Let's let's get a guy. 
Yeah, I can't wait for that to get here because that's, you know, when you can start to piece together what the team yeah. should be looking like. and yeah. um, how, how well did you address your needs and, you know, everyone can nitpick that we took the wrong old lineman. And then I can point out that, well, we took Brian O'Neill and everyone pissed at that one and that turned out pretty good. And we took Bradbury and everyone's pissed at that one, but that one turned out pretty good. So, I don't know. It'd be kind of fun to see him take a receiver at 14. <laughs> Now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's another show. That is seven other shows, Mike. But I think that's probably going to do it for us here. I mean, we've been we've been chatting for almost a good hour here. This is going to yeah. be a nice long episode. So, appreciate you if you stayed stayed this long. Um, Twitter machine. I'm at uh, at Namok Seven. Uh, Musky underscore Mike. You know, come check us out there. I, I'm constantly spouting off about. Cap stuff and Viking stuff and slightly defending Kirk, but apparently not defending Kirk to the extent that he's better than Mahomes with the same line. People are crazy on Twitter. <laughs> in either case, <clears throat> that's it for us here tonight. We're gonna catch you on the next one. Go check us out. Daily Norseman, climbing the pocket. We're out, we're out, we're everywhere. You know, yeah. everywhere where you can catch podcasts. So come check us out. Love hearing from you. Till next time, Mike. School. School.